At First Baptist Church, our mission is to follow our Lord Jesus Christ and to lead all others to a joyful life with Him. Our hope is that you will encounter Jesus Christ in such a way that you will have joyful news to go and tell. Remain standing. We're going to read from Reverse this week. It's just two verses, Matthew 7, 13, and 14. So if you would find that in your bulletin, and we're going to read this aloud together. This then is the text for today. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. May God bless the reading of his word. We have seen and read, Jesus is a master of analogy. He gives us a clear picture. And in today's text, that clear picture is of two gates, a wide gate and a narrow gate. One is popular, the other is unsung. One destructive, the other constructive. We can think of these two gates kind of like this. There, there's this one grand gate, like, like the entrance to the largest of amusement parks. If you've even been to the amusement parks here or any of the ones in Florida, you, you will notice there is this intentional force, and, and it kind of radiates out, and it, it pulls you towards the park, but all of that is carefully set by those who planned the acreage. Leading up to the park, the, the roads begin to widen. And, and you're met along the way by this, this gorgeous wayfinding signage. And, and this, this signage sets the stage for, for a whole day of sensory overload. There's no mistaking where you are. You're about to enter the grandest amusement park in the country. There's lines of cars all around you. Two lanes turn into four. Four lanes turn into eight. Eight to twelve. And, and the rows are filled with these wide-eyed patrons rushing to enter the park like moths to a single flame. So Jesus tells us in today's text, this is one way. And for most people, this, this is the only way they know. They're, they're drawn in to the, the bright lights, the expensive signage, the, the lure of, of the thrills just beyond the gate. And, and that they don't really know that there, there's another way. And Jesus, as he's working through the Sermon on the Mount here that we've been working through the last couple of months, he, he's stating clearly throughout the Sermon on the Mount, there is another way. You, you hear Jesus say it a few different ways in the Sermon on the Mount. One of the ways that he's done this is some of the paragraphs start something like this. 
You have heard that it was said. That's, that's a broad way. And so Jesus says what the world teaches. And then he says, but I say to you. And gives the narrow way. You see, when, when Jesus came, he, this is what he came to reveal. The way of the cross. You see, there, there's, this, there's one way that, that is through this grand gate of, of human exhilaration. But then there is another that is otherworldly different. So Jesus encourages us then to picture a small gate. Think of something just a couple of slats. The, the kind of gate that you can swing open with one arm. And then it squeaks as it closes behind you. It's the sort of gate that's at a trailhead tucked away on the backside of a park. It's the kind of trail where you, you don't know if it's for humans or for the animals. And this, this small gate, it looks dated. It, it, it even sounds dated. And all of humanity's progress seems to have passed this gate by. Humans are miles down the road. And most of the people on the, the eight-lane motorway never even notice the gate or the path that's behind it. Their, their eyes are just enthralled by the glow on the horizon from man's greatest amusements. But the old gate has never moved. It's there, marked by an ancient tree. Jesus says, fewer and fewer find it. So as Jesus is teaching here, he's saying that this, this is our opportunity. You've got two ways in this life. You're going to go one way or the other. Each one has a gate that you must pass through. And see, as Jesus is, is coming toward, towards the end of this section of teaching, he's causing us to consider what path that we're on, what gate we've walked through. Do you chase progress? Are you, are you engrossed by the lights? Have you, have you followed the crowd? Do you chase after the thrill? Are you, are you living from rush to rush? Because Jesus, this is where most everyone ends up a slave to their appetites and amusements. And most won't even realize the destructive nature of that path until it's too late. You know, interestingly, a little bit later in Matthew, back in Matthew 13, um, Jesus gives another parable. It's the parable of the sower. And I want to combine these two for us this morning because I think it's helpful. But, but there in the parable of the sower, Jesus says there's four kinds of people. So as we start today, we've got two gates. We have a narrow gate and a wide gate. And then later in Matthew, Jesus says there's, there's four kinds of people. And so it's something like this. The first kind of people are those who are completely oblivious to, the, to that squeaky gate on the single path. 
their eyes are enthralled by what humanity has to offer. They love the idea of life as a carnival. It's, it's amusement or bust for them. They wouldn't even consider a, another way. Life becomes this culmination of what human hands have built. I mean, have you, have you noticed how amusement parks advertise uh, every year they have the biggest and greatest ride roller coaster thing that we have built? We put our heads together, we put our hands together, and we built this massive thing, whatever it is. And many in this life, that's where they're going to put their faith, on the kinds of things that human beings can build themselves, the kind of life they can build, the kind of job they can build, the kind of righteousness they can build, and that's where they're going to put their faith. But there's no hope in it. And they don't even see the, the single path walked by Jesus. And this is a huge group of people, likely the largest. And these are ones we love dearly. We're commanded by Christ to love them. But they're not going to grasp the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the other category, see, that's the first category of people that Jesus talks about. So as he keeps moving, he says there's another category, the second category of people. They're, these are the type of people who, who they see the squeaky gate on the single path, and they think it's interesting. And so they stop. They're, they're not put off by the modest nature of the gate. But deep down in their heart, they're expecting it to be a kind of optical illusion. They're, they're genuinely expecting it to be some kind of club on the other side, one of those clubs that doesn't have a sign. Or they, they, they imagine they're going to they're gonna crack open the gate. And when they do, they're going to find hidden amusement with no lines. But as they walk up to the gate and they they push it open. All they see is a singular path up a hill past a tree on the horizon. And they turn around as quickly as they came. See, they imagine some kind of hidden Ferris wheel or VIP treatment, and it wasn't there. It was just a single path leading away from the carnival lights. You know, one note here, and this is a bit of a digression, but I think it's helpful, because it is tempting for the church to try to trick these people. Sometimes as a church, we, we, we see these kinds of people who, who come to the, to the gate and they turn around because they don't find the glitz and glamour they thought they would. And so it's tempting for the church, and, and often we do this where we say, well, you know, if we put up a big flashing sign like the amusement park did, maybe we can lure people in. Or if, if we add a tilt-a-whirl just beyond the squeaky gate, maybe we can trick them into staying around a little bit longer. But it's a fool's errand. You cannot line the path of the cross with circus acts to get people to the crucifixion. 
They must be drawn by Jesus himself. Jesus describes a a third kind of person. You know, there's some people that come to the, the squeaky gate on a single path in a genuine heart. They, they start to get it. They, they come through the gate with this anticipation of, of new life, different from the world, and, and they start walking the way. And they go up a, a mile or two. But, but every so often, they hear music coming from the games played on the other side. dun 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 And when they they hear it, it makes them second-guess their choice to follow Jesus. They go go a few few more miles along the way, and they see those those giant spotlights, right? When people are doing something big, they put those giant spotlights in the sky, and they come over from behind over their head and cross over them. And then fireworks start bursting into the air. And the thought of missing out overrides their heart. And they they take off running through the woods towards the sights and sounds of people manufacturing fun. And just like that, they're gone. But Jesus describes a fourth kind of person. It's it's the one here in Matthew 7 he, he calls the few. The the faithful few. These are the ones who solely by the grace of God keep walking with Jesus. And they, they keep walking with Jesus through the crucible of the cross into resurrection itself. And and when you when you walk with Jesus, you will experience both the crucifixion and the resurrection with him. You get stronger, you get wiser, you, you grow closer to the Lord. And it's, it's remarkable because it, it's, it's not easy. It, it, in fact, it, it seems to, to grow narrower and narrower than we ever imagined it would. To the point where it, it, it seems like we're not even going to fit anymore until Jesus puts his hands on us and starts to shape us through. But it's the same thing. There's temptation from without. There's this great struggle with the crucifixion of the self. But this is the only way that leads to life. A full life, an abundant life is following Jesus on the narrow way. Jesus is describing this in Matthew 7, right? He says there's there's two gates. Matthew 13, he tells us there's four kinds of people. But through the whole of the gospel, we learn very clearly that there is only one Savior. So let's take a a teaching note from Jesus here. I mean, you, you have heard that it was said that Jesus is a way. Most everyone and most every religion would say Jesus is a way. Most everybody, most every religion would say that Jesus is a good way. 
Because people like to, to pick and choose the things out of the Gospels that they like. And they take of Jesus what they like and they leave behind what they don't. And so you'll hear them say, Jesus is a great option. But don't, don't be fooled by this. This, this, is, this is all a lie. It, it's, it's, it's either ignorance at its worst or it's an evil misdirection. You know, you'll, you'll hear people say there's all kinds of ways to be good. There's all kinds of ways to grow as a person. There's all kinds of ways to find peace, to find hope, to find joy. This is all a lie. And it's illogical. And, and I hope you notice where these voices are coming from. They come from Broadway. The, the people entranced by human achievement and the bright lights that marketers bathe them in. See, this is, this is what the world says. But Jesus says something different. One way, one Savior. What, what Jesus means here is that everything the, the world is telling you leads to destruction. All of it leads to death. Secularism, humanism, politics, Buddhism, Islam, consumerism, atheism, whatever ism you want to run with. All the ways that people try to do good, all the ways that people try to be better are self-defeating and ruinous. He says all destruction. You know, this, this gospel message has been faithfully handed down to us for 2,000 years. And the reason why it has remained because there's only one way to peace. There's only one way to hope. There's only one way to joy. Salvation is found in Jesus Christ alone. See, the, the only way to, to anything worth aspiring to is in, in Jesus. In the life found as you rejoice walking with the Savior. You know, Jesus brings all kinds of clarity. As you think about where you are today, in just a moment, we're, we're about to get to the supper. And as you, you think about approaching the table with Jesus, we need to recognize who he is. That is Jesus and Jesus alone who, who brings clear direction, Jesus who brings growth, Jesus who brings perfect, uh, purpose, who brings relationships, power, authority, wisdom, healing, it's, it's Jesus alone. Your redemption, your salvation is directly tied to one event in human history the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Because you could put all the accomplishments of every human that ever walked the face of this earth 
and none would measure up to the work of the cross. The event that changed history and brought you salvation was the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and nothing else. Let's pray together. Lord, we're grateful that that we have this time together. And Lord, we pray now that as we come to the table that Lord, we do so in humility, humiliation. Lord, that we would do so recognizing our weaknesses. all of the ways that we have fallen along the way. And Lord, we we trust that you will bring the forgiveness that we need. And Lord, we trust that you would bring the healing that we need. And so Lord, we pray now that your spirit would move. Lord, that you would work in these elements that we would be reminded of and experience Jesus Christ together. It's in his name, the name of our Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen.